Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Alex and Peter, and we are here to discuss Chelsea news and especially we have a signing. We finally have a signing. I feel like this offseason has kind of been all recaps of last season and obviously the Euros has been able to help us out a little bit, but we finally have a signing. Obviously, yes, record-breaking year last summer where we were able to talk a bunch of signings and we kind of caught it right at the tail end, to be honest, so we were able to have all of the signings in one episode. Um, but And and this, this offseason, uh, over the summer, we've kind of had weeks and weeks and weeks. Erling Haaland, is he going anywhere? You know, is he? Rafael Varane, is he going anywhere? We finally get a player that is coming to Chelsea, and Alex will talk more about that, as I'm sure he's excited about, because he gets to read his idol, Fabrizio Romano's tweets, about the breaking news. So Alex... Peter, as long as you're okay with it, because you'll be able to kind of react upon it. Here we go. Well, I would say it's not a done deal. He hasn't said the famous words yet, but it looks very likely, increasingly likely, that Kunde from Sevilla will be joining Chelsea. I'm going to read the exact tweets because, you know, I'm a big fan. Original tweet, Chelsea have opened official talks with Sevilla for Koundé. He's the main target as center-back negotiations ongoing to reach an agreement. He's open to accept Chelsea as his next club as he wants Champions League football. Now it's up between uh, Sevilla and Chelsea. And then he said after that, Koundé has an agreement ready on personal terms with Chelsea. Contract until 2026 won't be a problem. Uh, Chelsea and Sevilla are in advanced talks to reach an agreement. And then the most recent tweet he made about it, or the last tweet uh, as of right now, Kunde update, Chelsea are advanced talks with Sevilla and Kurt Zuma could be included in the negotiation. Possible swap deal to go through in the next hours slash days with Zuma plus money for Kunde to Chelsea. Personal terms are agreed between player and club. And that is uh, the recent news. Obviously nothing has, nothing's in stone, but... Uh, it's crazy how quick these things can move in the world of transfers over the summer. Uh, we heard nothing of Kunde. There was lots of him uh, rumors of him to Spurs. He didn't really want to go to Spurs because, I mean, why would anyone want to go to Spurs? Um, and now 
it looks like he may be heading to Chelsea and uh, it's, it's very exciting. I'll let Peter talk a little bit about him first and then I'll uh, give some more thoughts. Uh, well, it's good to see that we're actually doing business and not just sitting there saying, yeah, I think our squad's good. We won the Champions League signings. Who needs them? Uh, I We did make a signing before Kunde officially, but I don't want to say it because that's not my role, but <laughs> nothing important. Third choice keeper, I'll say. Uh, very important, actually. Now we're confirmed back-to-back uh, winners of the Champions League. Yep. That's how good this keeper is. <laughs> no, but I mean, actually signing a player who uh who who uh can is very good very young very talented especially after man united signed varan uh who may or may not have been our first choice ahead of kunde but realizing okay they're being serious we need to be serious so then going out and saying okay let's get kunde what will it cost can we include zuma i think including zuma on the deal is good business as well uh, I don't know how much it will take off, and I don't know how much we would be paying for Kunde. Apparently, he has a release clause of like of close to eighty million. So I don't know if that means we will have to pay something close to eighty million because. But Fabrizio said that uh, we want to try to not pay the release clause and instead find an alternate way around it, which is with the Zuma and the cash. So maybe like Zuma and fifty or sixty million. I think. I think that's a very solid deal for a very young, talented uh, center back. Uh, who's been in French squads despite many, many, a lot of competition at the center back spot, and he's still only 22. I think it's a great counter signing to Man United signing Varane, and hopefully signing him wakes us up in maybe not Haaland, because Haaland's going to be very, very tough, but maybe, I don't know, some sort of midfielder like Tusha Meni, maybe Declan Rice, who knows, one of the other targets. We see that other teams are getting serious, so now we have to be serious. Signing Kunde is a good first step. I think he's very talented. I think it's a great signing. Zuma in there is great business. Uh, I think everything is... I think this is just a very, very solid transfer. Tuchel likes him, apparently. It was his first choice, center-back choice. Everything seems seems like this is a great deal and a good start to the well, good middle of the transfer window towards end of the transfer window. I don't know, but good start to the signings. Alex, I want to throw it back to you now. Um, I, yes, I know it's not a done deal just yet. I, I know you've already made that clear. And Peter, Peter and I are already, you know, qu- you know, quoting it as a transfer. Uh, but I do want to throw it back to you in saying your thoughts on Zuma uh, being included in this deal because I know you had a few thoughts to me pre-recording that I want you to kind of allude to and mention on the podcast here because obviously this is the main stage for you to do so that you weren't so happy about Kurt Zuma being involved in this, but kind of allude to that more and whatever else thoughts you have to say and then I'll react to the signing or I guess the the transfer that has not yet been confirmed 100% yet. Go ahead. For me, what I would say, you're looking at the center backs we have currently. You're looking at Thiago Silva. This probably is last year at the club. You're looking at Christensen. This is probably, you know, Christensen's been on and off, right? Let, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here, right? He's been good the past few months, but then, you know, he's been good for a few months in the past as well. He could just turn into shocking center back form Christensen once again, and we will have no idea. Zuma's always been a solid defender for us. I would never say he got to the heights of what Christensen was playing at uh, towards the end of this season. I would say... You know, he's ne- he's never going to be as solid of a player. He's never going to be able to pass the ball out of the back as well as some of the other defenders we have. Uh, Tony Rudiger, 
you know, there's been some talks about him. Maybe he's on the way out this summer because he's uh, up with his contract next year and Chelsea may want to get some money for him. Uh, so could this be maybe in mind for that, that they see Tony Rudiger as a, uh, as a departure and this is kind of a replacement for him, maybe. Um, but then for I, w- I would also say you're looking at Aspi at that right center back role because I think that's exactly where you'd see Kunde play. And Aspi's obviously getting up there in age. And, you know, funny enough, I was kind of thinking about this. Kunde, similar type of player to Aspi, um, can play at that right back position a little bit. Um, not his primary position, but he's short, uh, you know, a shorter for a center back, only 5'10. Aspi's also only 5'10. Um, which could be an issue in the Premier League with all these physical strikers and forwards. But what I would say is if you watch some of his highlights, he has he can jump insanely high. Um, so he, what he lacks in height, he makes up for in his uh, in his vertical <laughs> in his vertical jump. But like I said before uh, with you, Josh, I'm not sure if Zuma's the best person I would offload in the deal. I would have almost been happy to see Christensen kind of offloaded because he's kind of at his peak right now. You know, Christensen, he's kind of, he goes up and down, up and down. You get good value for him right now. You put him at his peak. Maybe you get rid of him. Otherwise, I don't know, uh, you know, kind of a, I'm just, I kind of, I like Kurt Zuma. I love him as a player. I love him as a person. I think he's really fun part of this Chelsea team. He's been on here for a while, whether he's been on loan, but he's always been a part of this Chelsea team for a long time. It It would really be sad to see him go. But like you said, Peter, I think if you're looking for Kunde, I think 60 to 70 million is what you'd look in total cost. You look at Zuma's value, I'd say Zuma's probably worth about 30 million. And then you're knocking off that. So I'd say about 40, 45 million plus uh, Zuma would be a fair deal. Uh, I, I That's what I would think for his price tag. But I'm not sure. Maybe it would be a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. With the Zuma aspect, Alex, and that's what I kind of asked you in the first place, were you, you know, interested or not interested or upset that he was involved in this deal that, quote unquote, is happening with Kunde uh, and Sevilla? Kurt Zuma has been on the speculation list to be moved to another club, uh, linking with other moves away from the club. After seven years in West London, he's looking to go to Roma. More recently, it's been Tottenham that have been interested in him. And I think that it's interesting that we're seeing that it'll be a swap with with um, Sevilla instead. When it comes to the player himself, Kunde is only 22 years old. He's going to be turning 23 in November. A good, great, I should say, young player or a good young player that can develop into a great young player at his young age. Uh, he's really versatile. Alex said he was going to be playing that right center back role. I completely agree with him if he was going to join Chelsea. It seems that he's Chelsea's main target for the center back position. Obviously, we know that Thiago Silva is getting a little older. Same thing with Asby. So we're obviously looking for a younger center back. So I feel like this should come to no surprise to to other uh, Chelsea fans. And you also have Kunde already having huge experience with about 159 senior appearances to his name. Experience in both the Champions League and Europa League. And he also represented France at Euro 2020. So I think he could be a really good signing for Chelsea if they you know are able to do it as it's not yet fully confirmed. And there was another thing here. So I would say Kunde's style of play, I'm obviously taking this from an article, but uh, according to the article on Sports Illustrated, it said that Kunde is a, quote, modern and versatile center back, pacey, excellent, and uh, his 
excellent at distribution of the ball and able to play in a back three as well as at right back. Um, as mentioned, it was last season when Kunde really ga- it really came into his own and caught the eye of a number of top clubs across Europe. He was the highest rated center back in La Liga last season, according to who scored with a rating of 7.01. And that's a greater score than Rafael Varane, Jose Jimenez, right? I think that's how you say it. And uh, Gerald Piquet as well. So, Gerard Piquet. I'm so bad at, at names. Go ahead, Alex. One thing I would say with Kunde, like you mentioned, he's pacey. Um, and I would also say he's great distribution-wise. I think he can pass the ball out of the back very well. Um, he can hit some of those long balls that we kind of need uh, switching from side to side. I, I I like his play style, and I also think you could see him and Reese James kind of rotate a bit like Aspie and Reese James do. Uh, you could see if you know we're really want trying to sit back. You could see Kunde almost at right wing back, kind of like how we saw Aspie at right wing back. Uh, so I think there's definitely many different possibilities. I think he's a nice fit. He's flexible, uh, just like players like Reese James, who are also very flexible. I think it's a perfect addition, and uh, I think he'll be very good. The only thing that's a concern is his height. Um, but like I said, he's very he's a very good vertical jump. I don't think it'll be an issue per se. And we've obviously had Aspi here at right center back for uh, multiple years now uh, in this little stretch with Tuchel and obviously with Conte as well. And he has fared just fine. So I think as long as he's in a back three, the height won't be an issue. And I feel like he's the perfect player though with like his complete defense, uh, complete defense effort that in the 3-4-3 system that Thomas Tuchel uh, prefers, I think he would fit right in, uh, no doubt, no matter where we want to put him. Um, but yeah, like you said, that right center back role, because he obviously, I don't think would be playing right wing back. Um, although it could be a possibility, but I, I think he'll be a center back on the team. I think he really fits in that Thomas Tuchel system. And that's why Chelsea obviously is looking for them or looking for him as the main target. He also really let, uh, led his Sevilla squad in one of the top things defensively. Um, and that would be, you know, passed into the final third, aerial duels one, ball recoveries and interceptions. The top two, obviously, being ball recoveries and interceptions, especially when you're playing uh, a center back role at a big club like Sevilla is in La Liga. People are really looking. Um, and I, I'm sure Chelsea's top people uh, are really looking at those two stats specifically uh, that will really help them out defensively. Uh, I'll, I'll just add some input here because I'm the only one that didn't talk about his play style and things. And I think I want to basically just piggyback of what Alex said, where he's a very good ball playing center back. Uh, I think he will be pretty much an Aspie, an Aspie, but not an Aspie because obviously they have different qualities. I think Kunde is probably better on the ball, but Aspie is better at defending. Kunde has more pace, but Aspie is probably more physical. interchangeable but I think definitely uh, Kunde right or left center back and making some overlapping runs if we're going forward is definitely something you could see because he definitely has the ability he has the the ability to do these kinds of things he like you said he can hit the long ball he has uh, good ability on the ball he's good at dribbling Uh, he's pacey he's everything he's basically a right wing back playing center back because he's better at defense, but he's a very good ball playing center back. And I think that's kind of the profile that Tuchel likes. I think he likes someone like Christensen kind of for, I guess, probably the best example out of our center back or Tiago Silva, where they can play these long balls. They can distribute the ball from the back. They can keep the ball easily. They can make these good passes. And I think it's a, it's just, I'll reiterate it once again. It's just a good signing for Tuchel's system. Tuchel likes him. He's very young. 
uh, very talented. I, yeah, I mean, it's just a good signing in general. And uh, one other signing, like Peter alluded to earlier, is we got a new goalkeeper. This is official, um, a goalkeeper formerly of Fulham, Marcus Bettinelli. Uh, signs on a free deal. He spent his last 11 years at Fulham. Um, so he is signed and he will be in competition with Keppa as those backup goalkeepers. Uh, and he'll probably take his third spot or the third goalkeeper spot, uh, you know, where Caballero used to be. And Petr Cech will be able to <laughs> finally hang up his boots permanently and not worry about having to come in uh, in case of another Keppa master disaster. Um, which he almost had in today's uh, friendly game, which we'll talk about in a second. But Holland, um, you know, there's been talks about what Thomas Tuchel wants and the three names that have come up is that he wants a defender, he wants a midfielder, and he wants a striker. Holland and Declan Rice is the those two. And then obviously it seems that Koundé is the center back that he wants, unless it maybe was Rafael Varane, who, you know, is clearly unattainable as he signed with Manchester United. But uh, Holland, when he was talking with, uh, reporters about the Chelsea new uh, the Chelsea move. He asked them. He was like, "Any news on me?" And then when they asked him, he was like, "It's all speculation." Um, but when it does come to the Holland transfer, uh, Malin from the Eredivisie, uh, striker, uh, for, I believe for PSV, is signed with Dortmund, which means that they do have a replacement in case Holland did end up leaving. So they couldn't use that as leverage anymore since the player is signed. Uh, so it could make it easier for a move, and maybe that is why Chelsea have kind of been hesitant so far at uh, making an aim at Holland, or at least publicly. And then I'll move to the to the friendly. Uh, the first club friendly for Chelsea was a 2-1 victory versus Bournemouth. And, I mean, there are players in this in this game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, um, that will most likely not play in the starting 11 for most of these games uh, in the Premier League. But I just want to mention the two goal scorers, Broha and Upo, uh, for Chelsea, I think that's how his name is pronounced. Um, and they were the two goal scorers for Chelsea. It was an evening match uh, in the UK. And Chelsea come out with their first win of the 2021-2022 season. Uh, just a cult friendly. Nothing much to talk about. Anything else, boys, before we move to trivia? I do just want to say that uh, Armando Brescia has scored again in that friendly. And he looks very well. I didn't watch the game, so I can't guarantee that he looked very, very, very good. I didn't get the time, but he's on the score sheet again, which is basically all that's important for a striker. You don't need to play well as long as you get the goal that gives us a win. Apparently, we were down, we came back, Brescia tied it, and then Ike Ogbo scored uh, to win it. Uh, but Brescia's been playing very well, but I think the only way we can keep him maybe I might have to be to get rid of Tammy Abraham because we kind especially if we sign a new striker if we sign a Holland or somebody then we just have so many players at the striker position we have Holland Werner who's kind of more of a winger but he also can play striker so Holland Werner Tammy Abraham Armando Brogia we just have uh, too many options at that position so it's going to be interesting to see what we do because especially if we sign someone we're going to need to get this some uh, movement out of the club but so far he's been looked very very good and I'm interested to see what the season brings for him. All right, and then with that being said, it is time for some trivia.
right. Hope you enjoyed that trivia music right there. Um, and we are now back. So I'm going to be the host for this trivia episode today or this trivia segment of the episode. And we have five questions today, Josh, and Peter will be answering. I have five questions, one bonus in case it's a tie. Uh, you know, I'm super prepared here. We're not going off the fly in case there's a tie here. This time we've got it all ready. And uh, half of them are multiple or two of them are multiple choice and three will be open ended answers um, because, you know, we're not going to discuss why they're open ended. You'll see once we get to them. Um, But before we begin, Josh, do you have any questions? I don't have any questions. I just have one main statement saying that uh, Peter will win this trivia. And um, don't say that. Don't say that. You're putting too much pressure on me. If I lose, no, because now if I lose, it's going to look like a uh, no, 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 no. Don't say that. It's going to be a very fair game. And I think even Josh may be the favorite here, not me. It might definitely be Josh, I'd say. I've made the questions quite even, I think. What does that mean? What? What does that mean? Did you hear Peter? Like the questions, the questions being even? even. Yeah, like they're, they're like they're they're equal. Like I feel like Josh can answer them just as well as you can. Oh, okay, okay, right, we'll that's see. good. That's good. You're gonna I be would a good just give me an good example game. that I said Gerald PK instead of Gerard PK earlier. So I think that should give you an example of how. Hey, I'm hey, hey! Everybody makes everybody makes mistakes <laughs> like that. Everybody pronounces things weirdly and differently. I've been, I've been. I think all of us at some point during uh, these episodes have most definitely said someone's name wrong. I would Go agree. Ahead, Alex. All right. All right, here we go. Question number one, how this is going to work. I'm going to like alternate it. Whoever, you know, will be like, all right, Josh, you answer first, then Peter. And then once you submit your answer, you can't like, you know, your jo- Josh and Peter are going to put their answers in the chat, actually. I think that's how we'll do it. Put, submit your answers and then you will read your answers uh, so that everyone knows what your answers are. But here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Also, yes. Okay. So the first question is, which team did we face in our final game before the national lockdown in March of 2020? Um, So I'll give you four options here. This is obviously before the COVID lockdown, before everything went crazy. Who was the last opponent we faced? A, Everton, B, Aston Villa, C, Man City, or D, Southampton? I'll repeat the uh, options again. A, Everton, B, Aston Villa, C, Man City, D, Southampton. I'll give it about five seconds, and now you can put your answers in the chat. Put your answers in the chat. All right. We have both answers in the chat. Peter, what was your answer? I went for Everton. I'm not too sure about this one. I know I'm almost 100% sure it isn't Southampton or Man City, but I probably shouldn't be saying that in case it is because I'm not very confident. So I think either me or Josh got this right. I think one of us got it. Okay, and Josh, who'd you select? Well, to the audience, everyone listening, I selected Aston Villa. Once again, like Peter, not too confident, but um, go ahead, Alex. Read, Read me the answer. All right, one of you is correct. I will tell you that. And that person is the person who chose Everton, and that is Peter. So Peter is up 1-0. Um, uh, that was a difficult question. I would say that was more of a guess for both of you, so that's why I picked it. But next question. This is another difficult one here because mostly we were very young when we both saw this. Who assisted Didier Drogba's 2012 Champions League final goal? Juan Mata? Frank Lampard, 
Fernando Torres, or Ashley Cole. The question again, who assisted Didier Drogba's 2012 Champions League final goal? Obviously, it was a header off a corner. Is it Juan Mata, Frank Lampard, Fernando Torres, or Ashley Cole? Put your answers in the chat. As Alex should know, this is quite unfair to me because I was not a Chelsea fan in 2012. Although, hey, neither was I, Josh. I, I, I'm not quite sure either. You guys are sure both either. like seven, though. So. You guys are both like seven. So yeah, I know I wasn't that much of a soccer it. fan when I was seven. Okay. All right. All right well, that's ready? why it's equally fair. Yeah. Uh, put it in type the chat. It. <sighs> I'm almost sure they got this one wrong. This is from a corner. So who is the corner taker? at that time Uh, oh yeah thank you i didn't realize that it's almost as if it wasn't from a corner and it had to be someone else in the corner taker that doesn't help i don't know who the corner taker was it's okay put your answer put your answers in the chat here Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. okay i know josh got it wrong josh i (laughs) (laughs) josh what is your answer peter what is your answer yeah, Peter, okay, I'll go first. Uh, I put Juan Mata. I think I saw something about it. it was him that got the assist, but I wasn't. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, he also seems like out of the options, probably someone that would be most likely, especially considering the corner was for if it was an in. I'm pretty sure it was an in swinger, which means it's either him or Ashley Cole. I think. So mm. I think so I'm Peter, right. Or, Peter, well, I'm fifty fifty. Probably. Peter really went in depth on this. He talked. About I did. The you know, if I don't corner, know. He was thinking about who's left-footed. Oh. Josh is just wait. He Josh is winging it. Hey, hey, Josh, why don't you share your answer? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what's the answer to the question? Thank you. The answer is Juan Mata. So Peter is correct. Uh, uh, I'll have you know. I'll have you know. Uh, Josh did actually put down an answer. It's not like he just didn't. Uh, he skipped it, and that answer was Fernando Torres. By the way, I just <laughs> want to say that to everybody. You know, solid guests can, except not, for the fact that not known he for would his never corner be taking, taking abilities, not known <laughs> yeah. for his corner taking ability. But then again, Harry Kane also took corners, so never say never. That's true. At the time, then okay, again, I know, never but I feel like it Harry be... Kane took corners for England in twenty sixteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. My fault. My fault. A good, All good right. guess, Josh. All right, two zero to Peter. Josh has to get this one right or else it will be a very big problem, or at least Peter can't get it right or something, because otherwise it'll be a very boring finish. Who was the assist leader in 2020-2021 Premier League season for Chelsea? This is an open-ended question. You are going to make the guess the assist leader in the Premier League for Chelsea, not all competitions in the Premier League this past season. I swear if I get this wrong... (laughs) I think you guys should both get this right. Oh, thanks, Alex. Great. Nice pressure. I think I think I know Peter's gonna get it right, sadly. Yeah, so Josh, there's a lot of pressure on no, you. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Uh, I would have remembered this if you asked me during the season because I was actually keeping an eye on it, but now that it's been a few months, I completely forget. I think I have it down to two, but I I'm not sure. Alright. Does this include wait, wait, does this include penalties one as assists? This, I do not believe is included penalties. Okay. Long, no. okay, okay, okay. All right, Alex, are we good? Yep, you can put your answer in the chat. Okay. So you guys both have the same answer, and what is that answer? Timo Werner, baby. I, I'm, 
I'm pretty sure it's him, and it would definitely be him if it uh, counts as uh, penalties uh, one as, uh, that are converted as assists. But I'm pretty sure it's Werner because obviously I have all my talk about him leading goals and assists, but then again, that is also in like all competitions, so it could be like... Okay. So it, the answer, it just makes the most sense. <laughs> Josh also put Timo Werner. I'm not going to make, make him repeat it twice here, or have it repeated twice. The answer is Timo Werner. Uh, and he was the assist leader in 2020-2021 Premier League season. So that was the answer. It's 3-1. Yeah, well, if we do it that way, 3-1 to Peter right now. This one is a real wild card right here. Who had the most goals per 90 minutes in the 2020-2021 Premier League season for Chelsea? I feel like, is this all competitions or Premier League? Just Premier League. All these questions oh, are just Premier League. Oh, that makes it so much League. harder. Oh, that who, makes it so much harder. Most goals oh, per 90. Because I know, I know what the answer is in all competitions, but I don't know. I don't know about in the Premier League. I have a guess, though. So the most uh, goals per 90 minutes... The, the number is 0.52, so 0.52 goals per 90. Who do you think it was? Put your answers in the chat. All right, do we're, we both have good. our answers here? You both have your answers? Josh, do you have your answer? That's a thumbs up. I, okay. Yeah. Wait, where's your answer? I just see Peter's. Oh, here we go. Okay. I know you had it in chat. Sorry, I was saying thumbs up like I have it. Yeah. Okay. Well, the answer. Oh, wait. You have to announce who your uh, thing is. So, Josh, who'd you have? I had uh, Mason Mount and Peter. Sorry. Uh, you had Tammy Abraham. I'm just going to read it off because, Peter, congratulations. You have won. It is 4-1. <laughs> you are 4 for 4 perfect in trivia. And no, uh, people listening, I did not have the answer sheet, but the way Alex reacted um he's not very good i would think he's very bad at playing <laughs> cards because his poker face is awful um and, and you can't even see my face you and i can't even just, see his poker. face that's the worst it's, part i just heard the audio it's poker when... sounds so um alex how about you just read the fifth question to peter see if he can go five for five and uh, i'll sit here quietly until you guys finish <laughs> all right so the answer was tammy abraham jo- peter had tammy abraham josh had mason mount um, and we'll now go to the fifth question. This obviously is more of a ceremonial question. Who is the leader in expected goals in 2021-2021 Premier League season for Chelsea? Expected goals. Like how many goals you expected them to have? Or expected based on their chances, not what you expected. So who is it? Answers well, Peter, congratulations. You are now five for five. You've gone <laughs> perfect in trivia. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for playing. And also again, for the people listening, he still hasn't even put in his answer yet. There it is. Timo Werner, Alex. Yes, that is correct. I don't need to check. That is you. incorrect. That no. is incorrect. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. Let me take Hey, let me get it. Let me get a second. Ch- oh, let me, oh, oh right, do go. expected goals count as pens? It might be jerky. No, okay, it's not, it's not with you. pens. Oh, okay, okay. It's Never not with pens, me, and I'm going to give you the guess. answer. No, 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 no. no. Third okay. guess, technically, because I, I will mean it, but I wouldn't have said Jake Daniel. All right, okay. Go. Let's think about this. Timo Werner had all the chances, supposedly, according to Josh, that he missed so many, but he didn't even lead in expected goals. Oh, oh. Um, um, was this expected goals per 90? Just expected goals. Just yeah, leader expected, in expected. Goal, expected goals per 90, yes. Okay, well, then it might be Tammy again. 
Okay, is that your guess? Yeah, I don't know. It's Olivier Giroud with 0.58. Oh, I was close. I was so close. Uh, that 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 that's uh that's the answer and peter has once very easily um four to one (laughs) it was an unlucky for josh he was close very close but peter just really bamboozled him with his knowledge and that's the end for today's trivia episode peter congratulations you get no prize no trophy you just get bragging rights and that'll also be the end of this episode episode number 74 Although I believe it's 73, unless I'm crazy. No, it's 74. Um, Of the Talking Blues podcast, we appreciate you listening. Please subscribe if you can. We would like you to. We really appreciate it if you did. Um, Please also drop five stars rating and or review. Nope, it's 73. I'm wrong. Why did I put 74? I don't know what I'm doing. Episode 73 of the Talking Blues Podcast. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, please also go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua29. Follow Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. That'll do it. We'll see you next time next week for another episode. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.